Welcome to Damn Fine Commentary, the internet's only Twin Peaks podcast with a real-life Dave and Lynch. In this series, we'll be reviewing and chatting about each of the 18 parts of Twin Peaks Season 3. So as they say in the Black Lodge... Well, here we are again. I'm Phil Willis. I'm Nath Prasad. I'm Dave Bluestein. And I am Steve Lynch. And here we are again. Oh, wow. we are the Twin Peaks Avengers. Oh, <laughs> wow. The Avengers. We're going to need to avenge something because this is literally... When we're recording this, there's now no more Twin Peaks. Yeah, that's right. As far as we know, there is no more Twin Peaks. As far as we know. Part 17 and 18 dropped at the same time, like one after the other. Yep. And we're going to pretend that we haven't seen uh, Part 18, but of course we've seen Part 18. Should we say we'll we'll be discussing Part 17, but anyone that's says they're doing it without any knowledge of Part 18 is lying. You're lying. But is this the beginning confused. or is it the end? Oh, oh. is it the end? Oh, it's the oh, yeah. So uh, without further ado, let's hear from uh, Dave, even though he's right here. Let's hear from Dave and a summary of what the hell did we just see in Twin Peaks The Return, Part 17. In Buckhorn, Cole reveals that he couldn't shoot Diane's tulpa. He's gone soft in his old age, but not where it counts, buddy. Sacre bleu. He then tells the others that Judy or Jao Day is actually an ancient otherworldly monster that Ray Monroe was a paid informant, and that Bad Cooper had been looking for the coordinates for Major Briggs, and that he's sorry he couldn't tell Albert all this earlier. Possibly because, you know, David Lynch only just made it up. Also, Cooper is Douglas Jones, and the FBI didn't know about it? Well, there is only three of them. Hashtag funding cutbacks. Meanwhile, over in Twin Peaks, Chad and the Drunk start swearing at each other like a couple of Dianes, and Nido chirps like a monkey. Ben gets a call about Jerry. Apparently, he'd run all the way to Wyoming. I'm starting to think that dope was laced with crystal meth. Evil Cooper reaches the coordinates, the same place where Nido appeared, and is zapped to the fireman's theatre as a giant head in a cage, alongside the head of Major Briggs. The levitating fireman swipes left and Bad Cooper is sent to the sheriff's station. There he approaches Andy, who immediately recognises him, and brings him in to see Lucy and meet Frank. Not Harry, Frank. 17 episodes in, and it's still really important you realise this is not Harry Truman, this is Frank. Bad Coop's arrival freaks out Nido, and Chad uses the opportunity to escape. He had a key in his boot the whole time, but didn't want to use it until everyone was awake and able to stop him. He sneaks out and goes to a little door while the drunk peels that bandage off his face. Andy arrives, Chad pulls a gun on him, but it's okay. Freddy hulks out and punches the cell door open, knocking out Chad. Bad Coop sits down in Frank's office, and shock horror refuses coffee. While he and Frank are talking, the real Cooper calls and asks if the coffee's on. Frank pulls his gun on Bad Coop, but he's too slow, and Bad Coop shoots him right in the hat just as he's shot in the back by Lucy. Hooray! She knows how cell phones work! Coop tells Frank to stay away from the body, and Andy brings Nado, Freddy, and I hear James is still here. (laughs) Up to Frank's office, Hawk comes in and the room goes dark as the woodsmen start pouring at Bad Coop's body again to bring him back. Good Coop arrives at the Mitchams, Bob comes out of Bad Coop and attacks Freddy, who punches him in the face until he explodes. Coop puts the alcove ring on Bad Coop's body and he disappears. Frank gives Coop his old room key, Cooper recognises Nado, and Bobby arrives because he's pretty much the only person from Twin Peaks who isn't in the room yet. Then Gordon, Tammy and Albert turn up, as do the Mitchum girls. And Nido turns into Diane. Of course, Nido. Oh, Diane, I am such an idiot. Coop goes to the Dutchman's via the convenience store. He meets Mike there, and then he meets the Jeffrey machine, and they talk about the day Laura died. Jeffrey tells Cooper how to find Judy and does some neat tricks with smoke. Cooper travels back in time to the night Laura died and saves her. She never dies. Pete never finds her wrapped in plastic. The whole series never happened. Oh, that's satisfying. And Sarah, or possibly Judy, stabs Laura's photo with a broken bottle and screams and screams and screams and screams. And on that happy note, back to us. There we are. We're all caught up. Uh, yeah. As much as you can be, yeah. Well, well, this is our last opportunity to have plot. So, yeah. enjoy part <laughs> yes. 17, guys. Uh, oh. 
And I started out this episode hoping that a lot of the loose ends would be tied. Um, and I th- and to be honest, I've read some stuff about people saying, oh, you know, it didn't really tie a lot, a lot of loose ends. But I actually think it tied up most of the ones that I was looking for. I, I feel like, yeah, that, like the more I think back, the more there are questions that get raised. Like, what happened to Red? Like, was, yeah. was that even yeah. a significant yeah. storyline? Or, But I think, um, and obviously we'll talk about this over the next two episodes, um, I felt that this was the episode that was about plot and the next episode was the one that was more about feelings. Yeah. 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 This, this was the the resolution that when people... If you imagine Twin Peaks as a normal TV show, you would think it's a <laughs> great big finale where it's yeah. going to be good yeah. Cooper games, bad Cooper and all that. And they do that. But kinda. They, they do yeah. it kind of. They get it out of the way in the first 20 minutes of the penultimate episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even then, the showdown really involves, you know, I'm jumping ahead here, but... Fast Freddy. It's and... not exactly good Coop uh, staring down bad Coop. He arrives after he's already been shot. They <laughs> That's don't... That's true. They, <laughs> don't, even, yeah. they yeah. don't even have, like, a little high noon showdown and a no. bit of a stare-off or anything. No, no. He's already no. on the ground by that. Yeah. No, he's he's it's also a proud tradition, though, of having that big climax in the second last episode. I mean, maybe yeah. a bit pre... Yeah, that's true. But more when you have like the 22 episode seasons than the you know the prestige tv yep, yep. 10 mm. to 12 sure. uh, and then using that final episode to launch the next season which yep. is something i guess we'll talk a bit about as well yeah yeah um but maybe first to our lovable trio of uh cole albert and <laughs> tammy yeah <laughs> he's getting well i'll tell you what cole he's, he's gone he's gone soft in his old age all the things that you're ticking off have happened in Twitter. He's like, I did not expect a dick joke in here. Yeah, so there he goes. Not. No. not where it counts, buddy. Not where it counts. I did not. But better than, t- a, better than a French tickler joke. Oh, but Tammy is still docile and stupid. Yeah. But at least she played that eye roll, though, yeah. which said when she's talking about uh, Dougie. Was it the previous episode? No, it's this episode. Where she says, um, when they're talking, they're saying, oh, Dougie was Coop all along, and she's, she, he stuck her. He, stuck, he got electrocuted from an electric socket and just this massive eye roll. Like, it's like a, yeah, it's like, like a coffee spit take. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But seriously, also I her, like the head wobble. Her reaction to the dick wobbles. joke as well yeah. is fantastic. She, she does the exact same move whenever she's interested. She raises her eyebrows and leans forward. <laughs> <laughs> Settle down with his dick there. Yeah, she's, right. she's, leaning, she's leaning in. But, yeah. like, seriously, I mean, I don't know how, how it is that Tammy can just do a few little bloop, bloop, bloops on her computer and suddenly all this information, which Cole and Albert have been looking for for weeks, just suddenly appears to her. Yeah. I presume that someone just sent her a big email with a big attachment. It's a big, it's a forty-eight page PDF, and it's yeah. just blip, 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 blip. Tammy Preston, the queen of double click. Yeah, that's right. Oh man, <laughs> she's graduated top of the you know, class. We, How much we tried about. so hard to defend her at the beginning of the season. You did. I did. I did. Yeah. And it's, it's got to the point where Phil it's was still, Phil was a fan for much of this. I think. Yeah. I just the I just you know I want I um, wanted to see her. I, I want to see positive, powerful female. A, you know, characters with agency yeah. in this show, uh, and we've seen a few. Constance Talbot, not that many. Team Talbot. Yeah. Yeah. What about how Phil is now? Like, I wanted to see powerful women, and all along when we're like, I really dislike the character. You're like, but she's hot. <laughs> like now, I'm like, that's not enough. Spend, you're a real ally there, Phil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did spend the entire season, you know, just really making fun about how hard she acts, and I, I've come to this conclusion now that it's just her neck is so thin that all that <laughs> concentration is about <laughs> avoiding her head just from flipping over to the side. Oh, yeah. no, that's right. She's constantly. Now we're getting personal. We can delete that. There's some really no, we're not. There's some really Please beautiful do. moments. Um, 
Notwithstanding the, the mass amounts of exposition in this particular scene, for a, for example, where you know Cole says to the guys, "Listen up, I've got something to tell you," and then he's just silent for this uncomfortable mm. <laughs> whole period of time. Yeah. yeah, but then he just does this big exposition dump, and it's, and and it's yeah. all sort of like, "Well, this is something I haven't even told you." Da 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 da. That sort of classic, like, uh, "Well, it was it was under my hat the whole time." Yeah. yeah. But what we do learn is is the identity or what Judy actually mm. is and mm, yeah. i'm i mean you know cole describes it as being a negative force or an entity that's a negative force how did you guys feel about that well i loved it mainly because of well i loved it on a surface level that um they've they've taken just a little piece of firewalk with me and they've given it a, a level of importance mm-hmm. that uh, it, it didn't in, that they never intended to have, even if it was supposed to be Josie Packard's twin, like mm. there, there were rumors of. Yeah. It was never supposed to be the mother of all evil. And when we saw episode eight, no one looked at the experiment and said, ah, that's Judy. No. But it was given that status. I thought that mm. was great. Mm. But on a deeper level, or at least on a separate level altogether, the Zhao Day thing. Yeah. Um, did you have you? Has anyone seen the explanation of what uh, what Jade translated is? I look. I've seen some. There's some like Chinese, like Mandarin translations. I don't know. What did you go? Jade means to call, right? or to know, or to understand. Jade means to an explanation, and yeah, right. What David Lynch considers the greatest negative energy in the world <laughs> is an explanation. Oh yeah, right. That's exactly and what when he does you look not at want. episode yeah, right. eighteen, yeah. you look at the end of Mulholland Drive and the way he's treated all of his. Projects mm. like what a delightful in joke that the worst thing in the entire universe is to have something explained to you all the way. Yeah. Which I kind of but actually he does also, it all the time. I know, but it also kind of ties up to something that Mark Frost wrote in the Secret History of Twin Peaks, writing as the archivist who it's not a spoiler is Major Briggs. He says mystery creates wonder, which leads to curiosity, which in turn provides the ground for our desire to understand who and what we truly are. Yeah, hmm. I think you've got to have a little bit of that black box and not know what's going on. Yeah. We wouldn't be doing this podcast if there was not mystery within mystery and and uh, clues and hidden secret things. Otherwise, we'd just be watching, you know, some other boring TV show. Yeah. So, I, I'm in a few minds about this. Yeah, me too. I think that um, <clears throat> I don't really believe that uh, that David Lynch... I mean, if he does believe this, he doesn't act like it, that, that explanations are the worst thing because I think he always has explanations and he likes playing with... Quite straightforward metaphors. I mean, we, we talked about Mulholland Drive, a voice of recording, and, and Lost Highway, where you have, um, I'd argue, there's kind of like a surface reality, uh, sorry, a baseline reality as presented in the film, and there's like a dream state. But I think what he, what he does like, or I think where his strengths are, and what I love about the series is that that dreamlike feeling where you, um, the explanations and the metaphors might be there when you chat about it afterwards and you kind of tease them out, but it's about the experience of, mm. and, and, which might be what Phil's talking about, that experience of those layered metaphors where you're kind of uh, working on a more emotive level mm. than, a, than a rational kind of plot. Yeah, level. but I'd argue that all of his works are, um, they, they do demonstrate all of that, all, all of what you've just pointed out, but what they don't, but they don't provide you. They don't explain it to you. Yeah, you make a discovery. Yourself. Yeah, you exactly. You have yeah. to find it yourself, and that's the the distinction that yeah. an explanation is is negative energy, but yeah. uh, the tools to discover yeah. is positive energy. Yeah, there are so a I, lot of them in this. Though. Yeah, so I yeah. mean, I really like. Sorry, come back to that. Yeah. Sec. I really <laughs> like the um, 
you know, the, the concept of mystery and the fact that things aren't explained to you and you have to sort of find your own path. The actual physical construction of Judy being sort of translated into Jalde to yeah. me just feels really clunky and a bit retrofitted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't like it on that level. Yep. Um, and there's quite a few things that I don't like through this for that. There's a lot of retrofitting that's taken place. But in terms of the broader concept of, you know, of mystery and mystery being the, you know part of the key to understanding yourself better through curiosity, I quite like. You were saying, Dave. Oh, no, I'd say there's a lot... I do think there's a lot of exposition in this series, this particular season. Um, but I haven't... Sorry, dis- who's Frank Truman again? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's his sick there. Yeah. Tell me about his health. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, just, just on, you know, the, the exposition on how to use Skype or whatever it was. <laughs> um, but I, it hasn't bothered me the way uh, that, you know, that famously annoying episode of the original season did where um, when we discover about Leland, yeah. uh, you know, the big showdown. And I wonder if it's, uh, I mentioned dreams earlier, you know that feeling when you're having a dream and um, you just know stuff? Yeah, like, mm. and it all makes sense. And it's you, you didn't necessarily know stuff a few seconds ago, but you do now. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. And I, I feel like, in some ways, the exposition and this moment when he's explaining that Judy, it kind of felt like that. Like, mm. we've been following along, we've had these kind of these moments of uncertainty and fear. Oh, that makes sense. Here's a, a bunch of other moments of uncertainty and fear. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I didn't feel like, and that's why I'm kind of like, you know. The, this process of doing the recaps has been increasingly uncomfortable for me because I'm getting to the point where I'm, I feel like I'm missing the point by saying this is what happened. I feel like <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, right. It's, it's missing the point of the show. The yeah. moment that we, uh, I was thinking about the same sort of thing as Twin Peaks through the lens of quantum physics is the moment you, you observe something, it moves and goes to a different place. Like there's yeah. a certain mm. uncertainty principle here in place. Yeah, yeah. Um, one interesting thing that comes out of this is all about the, the Jow Day uh, is that Briggs and Cooper were on this quite early in the piece. And before, it had to have been before Cooper was trapped in the Black Lodge. It must have been yeah. good Cooper and Briggs that were talking mm. about this and that already flagging the, uh, this. And also with Cole, actually. Yeah, yeah. so Cole was involved. So I, I think I did the exact same thing. My mind, even as I was saying it in the episode, my mind just went straight back to series two and like, when could this have possibly happened? Like, yeah. what what is the exact period of time? And I could only come up with around about the time of that camping trip. Yeah, yeah. when they um, yeah. went to Glastonbury Grove, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I suspect, yeah. yeah, so whenever they were out on the camping trip roasting wieners, that's not a metaphor, The uh, they, yeah, that must have been the only, really, they had a very narrow window of opportunity to even talk about that mm. stuff. Yeah. But, but, I never... think, but I think they had worked out in, the, you know, they had a relationship that, or it had been established in a relationship that they were both aware of these strange things that take place in the universe. They yeah. were already comrades in that respect. They yep. just hadn't yeah. shared all that experience. Series two really seemed to up the ante of Cooper and Briggs um, being simpatico in a lot of yes, ways. Yes, yeah. I agree. Um, because I remember my initial um, viewing of the, the series, I might have even mentioned this in an earlier podcast, throughout series one, I got a very strong impression of Major Briggs, which was just simply a military guy who beats his son and so yeah, I, yeah. And I was like, what a, what a shit guy. Slapping I, I hate Major Briggs. Yeah, yeah, right. And it was only through Series 2 that you're like, oh, actually, this is a very deep, sensitive guy who is, yeah. uh, who's got these extra layers. Well, he comes off as a, a religious fundamentalist in the first He does, yeah. He does, yeah. 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 And so it was by the end there that, yeah, he and Cooper had gone beyond just 
respecting each other and him having yeah. the, uh, the the owls have said Cooper, Cooper, yeah. or outer space. Well, said the murder Co- had been Cooper. solved, so they had to keep Coop in Twin Peaks that's somehow. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. But they they got to a stage of having a real connection. Yeah, and. I can't quite. I feel like it's like like you said before. It's um, retrofitted mm. the the Judy stuff. I feel like they've shoehorned in a spot where somehow Briggs, not only Briggs and Cooper were talking about it, but Cole was yeah, involved as well. Yeah, that's a bit I don't quite. But you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll forgive him that. Yeah, sure. But I mean, the other this scene is also particularly notable for um, possibly one of the greatest understatements of the entire season, where Cole talks about Philip Jeffries and just says, "Who doesn't exist anymore? <laughs> at least not in a normal sense." No, no, <laughs> that is true. Yes, is a teapot. Hands <laughs> <laughs> down. Yeah. Oh, man. As um, I said earlier, David Bowie can do anything. So. <laughs> we also learned that Ray Monroe is a paid informant. Yeah. Um, which I when I hopped on the internet very briefly this week, and I think some people thought that was a bit hokey, and they were like, eh. You know, oh, actually, no, I quite liked it, actually. It makes to me as well. Particularly with the, you know, with the dodgy, um, uh, we're trying to put the ring on uh, on Bad Coop and with the dodgy coordinates, like it made. And we also didn't know who Ray called after he had mm-hmm. dispensed with Bad Coop, or thought he'd dispensed with Bad Coop, and I think... Clearly, which also implies that, from that, that he ran Cole, which yeah. also implies, of course, oh. that Jeffries and Cole are still working together, which yeah. was yeah. not clear until that moment. So, my yeah. theory, and we were talking about this just before um, starting the recording, and it's maybe it's jumping forward to end of 17, uh, but the reappearance of Philip Jeffries and, and what does it mean for his arc as a whole? Mm. What I took away from uh, the from season three. N- now that we've seen what happened in episode 17, is that Philip Jeffries was essentially deep, deep undercover yeah. in the Black yeah. Lodge for 25 years. Yeah. And maybe he had to do that. He had to be a teapot to do that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit Just to blame well, he, he was yeah. doing... He had certain short-term objectives, so it was try and keep uh, Bad Coop under control, befriend mm. Bad Coop, think Bad Coop was on mm. his side. Mm. But at the same time... It was Philip Jeffries that was paying off Ray and Daria to try and kill him. Mm. Yeah, it was yeah. Philip Jeffries who uh, organised him to get the ring, and it was Philip Jeffries. And, and so, if if Philip Jeffries is using Ray um, for his agenda, there, it does make sense that mm. Ray is a paid informant. So, he, yeah, I agree. So his his contact is Philip Jeffries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm totally. The yeah. And as as Philip Jeffries says later on in in part seventeen, it sure is slippery in here. <laughs> and that could have been a reference to being slippery in the teapot or being slippery yeah. in the black lodge, and yeah, yeah. actually lose yourself yeah. when yep. you're so deep undercover. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know if you talked about this already, but uh, Lynch has said at some point necessity is the mother of invention. I think. Or yeah, right. Was it Lynch who coined it first? Time? Uh, yeah, yes, he was the one who originally he went. Back to that that yeah. <laughs> No, it's particularly with regard to casting in this season. Yeah. Um, so I should have said. Uh, so, do you reckon he cast a teapot? Like he was walking, <laughs> he was walking past, that, yeah, not that one. Uh, a homeware shop is like, yeah, I can see. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It just seems ridiculous that we've had so much. You know, you just put a, a smoke effect in front of their face. Yeah. <laughs> but I quite liked it. But there's also some really, you know, there's quite some, there's some really lovely moments in this mm. interaction between Cole and Albert and Tammy and this, expo, you know, series of exposition. Um, you know, beautiful moments between Cole and Albert. And I think this is the last time we really see them interact yep. with each other. Yeah. Um, so I think they really did justice to, to those two characters. Which I think is why I have a toast, really. Mm. Like, it's, yeah. you know, because it is uh, the end of their journey. Mm. Yeah. Well, and, and it's nice that the last thing I think that Albert actually says in Twin Peaks, as far as we know, is... 
a classic Albert Clanger where he says, has my watch skipped a beat or is that one of the Marx Brothers win? <laughs> I don't think his wit is quite as savage and clever as it was. In no, yeah. no, no, no. He, he, he has, he's moderated over time. Perhaps they should have just paid uh, Harley Payton and Bob Engels just to come back and just write some albums. Just write the singers, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the, the other bit that I love from that exposition dump um, was... Uh, and I'll talk more about it when we're recapping part 18 because it only becomes really relevant there, but uh, the two birds with one stone. Yeah, absolutely. The fact that Cooper mentioned that first. Yeah. And then, because all throughout this season, we've all been trying to think back to what the Giants said yeah. in part one, two birds with one stone, Richard and Linda, 4 yeah. 0 mm-hmm. What the fuck does that it's mean? It's in our house <laughs> now. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and the fact that Cooper had been trapped in a lodge for 25 years... Uh, by him, by the giant or the fireman saying two birds with one stone, that automatically imparted the meaning to Cooper mm. yeah. um, of if you, this isn't just about escaping the lodge now, uh, this is about what I'm about to tell you has a direct bearing on your intention to bring an end to duty. Yeah. Um, so presumably the two birds are save Laura and destroy Judy. Is that is that what you're I think inferring? so, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, okay. We do, I know we've sort of um, noodled around the edges and talked about numerology and gematria and Kabbalah and all that kind of stuff. Gematria. But is, oh, beg your pardon. Get, get, the gematria. gematria. It's, yeah. a, it's a G. Is that uh, it? I think you'll no... find it's pronounced Gum and Bozia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, or no... Gum and Bozia, as some people have said in there's no, uh, there's, It sounds like a great name for a, a, a Twin Peaks themed burlesque show. Gum and Bozia. No, there's no, there's no uh, soft G. I'm going to take that away. Look at that. Yeah. There's no soft G in Hebrew, and also G A in English. <laughs> oh, right, very good. Yeah. Um, so where they talk about the two five three, which is the time that keeps recurring and recurring, um, is two plus five plus three equals ten. The number of completion. Who, mm. sa- who says it? Is it Gordon Cole that says it? Or? Cole says it through Bushnell Mullins. Yeah. Uh, no, Cooper. No. Sorry, Cooper. Sorry, Cooper yeah. says it through Bushnell. Oh, yes. So in the letter. It's in there. And so I actually, before re-watching 17 and 18, I re-watched all of the Lodge portions of episodes 1, 2 and 3. And I'm going to get back to, I'll probably keep referring back to that over the next couple of parts of this podcast as well. But uh, I worked out, um, I think I've counted four different 253 references throughout the series. Yes, that's probably about right. So initially, uh, obviously apart from when it's said in the Black Lodge, so the the evolution of the answer is 253 time and time again. Yeah. So 253 is when uh, Cooper goes out of the Black Lodge Mm -hmm. uh, and bad Cooper almost gets sucked back in. It's the time that Andy finds the White Lodge. Um, Yeah. uh, It's the time that Cooper leaves... Vegas, or at least gives yeah. the time of, right. of sort of returning yeah. to his yep. his consciousness, and then as we see later in episode seventeen, it's the it's where time essentially freezes and it can't go beyond two fifty three. Yes, in the um, final showdown yes. at the end of this episode. Well, there's actually a fifth reference oh, then yeah. when um, Coop and Diane go to the towards the electricity. I believe it's two fifty three then oh, as well. Oh wow! Well. Yeah. Okay, yeah. nice, yeah. nice. So definitely time and time again. Yeah. Um, and I know that you guys have poo-pooed me a little bit about my, my sort of constant references to multiples of three, um, but I do think that um, I do think that Lynch does choose numbers and the use of numbers quite deliberately, and mm. I think we'll see that 
um, when Coop goes to see Philip Jeffries. Well, 253 plus 5 for the 5 times is 15, which is 3 times 5. Dave can literally do this all day. (laughs) That's only 10 less than 25. How many years later is it, guys? (laughs) Pack it up. I know where he's going. And so that's, I guess, that sets those guys off on the path to Twin Peaks Sheriff's Department. Um, But the one little quick sidebar. Jerry Horn has run across three <laughs> states oh, no. of the United States of America. Do it, anyone listening to this who isn't based in the US, uh, pull up a map of the United States, I look know. at Washington, and then look at Wyoming. It's a fucking long way that he has run naked. And somewhere he's dispensed with his clothes. Yeah. yeah. How long has it taken him? Like, how fast has he moved? Yeah, hours. Exactly. <laughs> wow. I just still can't get off, uh, get over the fact that he, he killed someone with his binoculars. I know. Yeah. Bad binoculars. Bad binoculars. Yeah. Bad trip. It so we're back. Yes. What I love about that is just Richard Bamer, who plays Ben Horn, has just been so good at this throughout the entire season. And again, this is the last time we see mm. Ben, too. So I, just that resign. Jerry. Sorry. Um, well, both. Both. We, oh, know, yeah, we don't yeah. see Jerry don't see in this Jerry. episode. No, you're we're right. Hear yes, it. that's right. So this is the last time we see Ben. That sign of resigned exasperation. <laughs> yes. That has just yeah. seems to be the theme of his entire life. <laughs> yeah, that's right. In the twilight of his years. Of his years. Yes, well, everything's all converging on Twin Peaks. Mr. C is driving towards Twin Peaks. Um, we see Chad still in the in the lockup Chad. at yeah. Twin Chad. Peaks. What a Chad! Uh, but with with James and um, Fast Freddy and yep. Yep. Um, and Nido. So <laughs> you know, everyone's there or going there. Yeah, Freddy with his outrageous accent. I, mean, I know it's his real. I know it's his real accent. I know he's not an American actor doing a British. Oh uh, right. Accent, but I have never seen a, a British actor do a better. Uh, a better version of an American actor yeah. doing yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, oh, nice. It reminds me of, uh, for any Doctor Who fans, of classic Doctor Who when uh, Tegan, the Australian... Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she was an Australian actress who like sp- speaks very, very nicely. She'd been in uh, Britain for a while and they said, no, no, you've got to ock her up. And so... Because <laughs> it was a co-production <laughs> there, right, with the ABC. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah. Australians won't recognise themselves yeah. if you talk like a <laughs> normal person. Oh, my <laughs> God, Doctor. <laughs> What, what the bloody hell's going on there? Wreck off, Doctor, wreck off. <laughs> but Nido is starting to become... She, we see Nido for the first time in the, in the cells and she's, she's sleeping, but she slowly starts to become more and more distressed. Yeah. And mm. we, yeah, yeah, we yeah. realise what happens because not only are all the good guys assembling around Twin Peaks, but Bad Coop's on his way as well. Yeah. Yep, yep. So yeah. just talk me through this. So from my reading of it, it's like... Mr. C goes to Jack Rabbit's palace. Yeah. Which sounds like an awesome kid's book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, never, I just can't stop thinking of Pulp Fiction as Jack Rabbit Slims. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He, yeah. Goes, he goes to the coordinates, wins a dance-off. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He has a burger, bloody as hell. Um, and so he goes into the White Lodge, but somehow they've got him in a cage. Not as a, He's not there sort of as a regular... Person? Did anyone read that? Yeah, yeah. No, that's right. It's just he's, and you know, you've got the disembodied head of Major Briggs, and now yep. we know where Major Briggs's head is. Yep. Um, <laughs> and and, uh, and then sort of Bad Coop's head basically in a cage, and mm. then sort of a, he he yep. comes t- gets turned into a bush or some a bundle of sticks or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. His yeah, form right. actually changes. In oh, yeah, I couldn't explain that one. Oh, no, 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 no. My explanation for all the rest of it, and this is maybe a spoiler for how I'll be reacting to part eighteen. Um, is that the the giant or the fireman is has been on it all the I way through? With you he's got this. a lot. He's he's known what all the possibilities are, 
and he's got a plan. Cooper is the agent. Good Cooper is the agent of his plan, as are a number of other people that I just call Team White Lodge. Yeah. And um, the coordinates have never been Twin Peaks specifically. They've been Jackrabbit's Palace. Yep, yep. Yes, that's um, right. That's the coordinates to the White Lodge. Um, he gets into the White Lodge. The fireman foresaw that it was going to happen, so when he comes through, he's already caged. Yep, yep. Uh-huh. Uh, the fireman has access to, because you saw in the background, there's millions of those bells. That's that, right. Yeah. So yeah. he's got access to send him wherever he wants to, and he know the one place that he wants him to go to is the Sheriff's Department where Team White Lodge yeah. are yeah. assembling. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. I think I totally agree, and I think that one of the, just on the plot level, one of the really fascinating things about the series is you are dealing with two sides at war both of which aren't bound by chronology so mm. they can you know yeah. they yeah. they're outside time so how and space yeah mm. so how that conflict is resolved in our world well in the world of twin peaks where there is um and that's a whole other issue we <laughs> um, but where we where we are bound by chronology so they they both can see you know you, it's not like one side can neatly orchestrate Mm. Um, that's out of the conflict because the other side can also see. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I also love that in the White Lodge, uh, the the fireman has got Sarah's house on a big screen. So essentially yeah. he's keeping a watch on duty. Yep. Um, yep. By the way, I also love the way he has a swipe technology. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. It's turning into that minority so report where he yeah. expands. I know. I know. Thank you. Uh, so, Mr. C goes down what I've been calling the fallopian tuba, uh, Very funny. also known as the saxophone, um, and he's tipped, he's tipped back out into the world into the Twin Peaks uh, Sheriff Department, yep. and he, he meets Andy. Andy knows him, but he, he also knows Andy, so he mm. obviously has the residual memory of everything that the original I think we, know, already we already know, know that, because he that. said, how's Annie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure, so, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I looked at the, the, the little, that little ponytail little thing in the back of his head. I was just wondering, is that some kind of ring? It's does, it's not like, it's not no. obviously not the owl ring, but I, cause they spent a lot of time on the back It'd of his head. It'd be for a very small finger for what? Yeah. Well, it's mm-hmm. for the, yeah, to gather his hair back there. But yeah, anyway. Um. But you know, when Coop is trans, when Bad Coop or Mr. C is transported to right in front of the Twin Peaks Sheriff's Department, he does say, what is this? Yeah. yeah, which is why I think that it was the the fireman's yeah. uh, plan. Like he, I agree. He wanted to get into the White Lodge. He wanted to fuck shit up when yep. he was in there. Yep. But to find himself in a cage yep. and then spat straight back out to Twin Peaks. To where, to the sheriff's, where it's really going to happen. He's like, yeah. why, what is all this about? Yeah. 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 Um, I, I thought it was it was great. It was he because he's the bad guy that we see, but in the scheme of things... He's not quite a pawn, but he's you know he's not much higher than a rook. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, there are there are other powers that are that are placing him there. Yeah. Well, Andy's gone back to being goofy, <laughs> notwithstanding the revelation that he had a couple of parts ago. Yeah. Uh, which is which is kind of cute, I guess. But on yeah. the other hand, Lucy knows how mobile phones work. <laughs> well, yeah, eventually, eventually. Yeah, yeah. But um, she too is equally goofy and gorgeous. Yeah. Um, as uh, as Bear Coop sort of finds his way into into the sheriff's department and um, you know meets Frank and yeah yep now yeah, is this the that part was a really lovely bit of tension where Frank knew something was up could like couldn't quite put his finger on it but 
Yeah. Yeah, was was weighing up the options, but well, just the way you know that, that there were two the kickers way. at this point. So yeah, okay. So yes. he's making a judgment whether this is the good well, one. Yeah, and they were just staring each other down, speaking nice. Yes, he does. That's yeah. right. He does. Oh, yeah. Sorry, you're quite right. He does. Um, what I was going to say is, it also I think the whole series has basically set up Robert Force's character because he's remained deadpan the entire time, and so mm. we actually can believe that he could totally remain deadpan, knowing that all this <laughs> shit was about well, you know things yeah. were not right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as if we had any doubt, Andy offers him a cup of coffee and he says, mm, no yeah. thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, of, right. instead of gleefully going, yeah. yeah. And the thumbs down. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. You know, at this point, nothing has tweaked with Andy, notwithstanding the fact he's been in the White Lodge, he's seen all this stuff. He's still pretty goofy. He sort of like mm. ambles off, I'm going to go find Hawk. Yeah. <laughs> Who does very little in this episode, by the way, Hawk. Like, don't you think, like, he's been so central and instrumental mm. for this entire season and this episode he can take the back seat. Yeah, so but I kind else. of feel that he's fulfilled his purpose. He found the, the missing pages of, of Laura's diary. He was obviously the conduit between Margaret Lanham and... Yeah. You know, mm. So I, I think he I think he had enough to do. Yeah, mm. yeah. Because he, he wasn't, like, the, the, the hero of the first series either. He was... No. He, he played his part yeah. then as well. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think with such an incredible ensemble cast, it almost gets crowded. Um, we'll talk about it towards the end there. The number of characters that are there present at that finale of the yeah. showdown, and you just think, wow... It's, and that's not, that's only probably like it's the tip of the iceberg. That's only ten percent of the characters we've right. seen. No wonder Ken yeah. said, "Is lucky we made so many sandwiches." Yeah, yeah. It's lucky they did. Um, Chad decides he's going to escape from the cells. Yeah, I um, didn't like that. Hole. I didn't he's like got the key in the heel of his. I call it uh, Deus Ex Adidas. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, somehow he magically found the keys in his boot. Although it's not the first time we've seen. It doesn't. It didn't bother me actually. The, I don't think it was magic. Like I mean, given yeah. how no, no. When I'm saying magic, I didn't. No, mean, no. I mean, I mean, I don't think it was too Deus Machina. Is what I'm saying. Oh, okay, He's, yeah. Given his personality and how dodgy he is, like it makes sense that he would have a backup key. To yeah, things. I guess it, you know, it goes in that back room where yeah. that yeah. stuff is. I'm, I'm but not, also, like, I, I didn't so much buy it, but I didn't mind it because nothing came of it. It was, yeah. you know, it was a it was a funny little moment where he almost escaped, but he didn't. You yeah. Know, Shit punched out of him one more time. Yep. And for that, we should be grateful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love but it. But what makes my, I do think, why the hell did Fast Freddy not realize that that glove could not, you know, break open the door earlier? Oh, he could, he just wasn't, yeah. he was choosing not to leave. Yeah. yeah. Team White yeah. Lodge, man. He, yeah. he didn't want he to, to use it until he, had, he needed he to. He looked pretty Chad. surprised when he did gold. it. Yeah. The, um, we, it's not the first time we've seen things hidden in boots, though, right? Didn't um, Leo Johnson had stuff hidden in his new boots? Shoes, yes. Yeah, new yeah. shoes, yeah. So, yeah, I guess it's a bit of a throwback to that sort of stuff. Um, I love the fact that we've got... For the now, people going, I wonder what happened to those shoes. Mm, <laughs> we know, yeah. Um, I love the fact that we've got good Coopers now coming in and the thing that he says on the on the cell phone to Lucy I guess he's talking to Lucy yeah. um, I'm just entering Twin Peaks which is almost the exact same thing the first line we ever hear Dale Cooper say mm. where he says something like uh, Diane I'm just I'm now about to enter the town of Twin Peaks yeah. um, and I, what I totally love is that it's the only time that we actually see the Twin the Peaks population yes. 51201 yeah. sign yeah, yeah. 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 absolutely um, and of course, the the fact that when he speaks to Truman and he says the coffee on, like just that, it's it's obvious, but it doesn't make it any less beautiful that we've yep. heard bad Coop say no no to the coffee, good Coop, all he fucking cares about <laughs> is the coffee. coffee. Yeah. And that's how you know. That's how you know the difference. And if as soon as Lucy heard him, she knew that yep. she had to shoot. She she had to 
shut that motherfucker down. Yeah, yeah. You never trust a person who doesn't drink coffee. Exactly. Yeah. I did not. I did not spot that twist happening at all. I, I thought that she had was, would somehow. And we've talked about it before that somehow she would be instrumental in deciding who was the real yeah. people, who was the yeah. bad coop. But uh, you know what? I didn't realize that she was going to be the one who had the drop on Mr. C. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like that it didn't end up being that. You know, very cliched yeah. television plot line of oh, which coop's the real one. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and in fact, I mean, none of the cli- they've avoided all of the cliches. It wasn't coop like good coop had nothing to do with yeah. the killing of bad coop. Yeah. And frankly, if you were one of the bystanders, you're like, oh, good coop is back. Wait a minute. All he did was walk in after he's already been shot dead mm. and put a ring on the dude's finger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then watch while a young pommy guy beat the shit out of a. Globe. Like, yeah. Which, what did Good Cooper do? Which had actually left Bad Coop in part seven. Well, I guess not. I mean, that's interesting. I was about to bring this up. Like, um, it's like this happens every time he dies, which kind of explains yeah. why he's. His complexion is so like um, weirdly yes. tanned and muddy. Just dried blood on his face. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's right. But, so I, I originally thought, yeah, this is now Cooper without mm. blood in him. But mm. no, this is just this thing that they do every time. The, the regeneration, dies. unless you can get the ring on him, yeah. the mm. woodsman mm. will regenerate him. Yep, yep, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we get to Punch Palooza. <laughs> yeah. um, actually, punch, punch, punch the ball. Yeah. The how does so Good Cooper says, "Are you Freddie Sykes?" Go and do your thing. Well, how does he know about Freddie Sykes? Because the he was from the farm. Yeah, farm must have told him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Makes perfect sense now that you pointed out. <laughs> Gummy boo. Um, yeah. And so we get see this uh, this fight scene. A lot of punching going on. Fire shattering shattering the 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 Bob Orb. And um, everyone got brought up from the cells apart from drunk guy. Yeah. Oh, Chad. he's still down there. Oh, yeah, he's, he's there he's just gone. to fuck with Chad because yeah, yeah, yeah. Chad hates it so much. <laughs> Put him in the same cell. Well, yeah. mind you, this is the person that people have been speculating was B- the Billy that um, went yeah. missing in that Audrey. And there is also, so. which we could possibly talk about this this fan theory about um, drunk drunk guy slash Billy also being a version of Cooper, and this idea that they they disappear. He disappears about the time that Cooper turns up. Um, we stop we stop visiting him in the cell around mm. the time that Cooper turns up to the station. Mm. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I think I think he's definitely just because he's afflicted with that same echolalia, repeating the last thing yeah. that you say, you say. He's definitely been. I feel like he's been transported from one world to another yeah, world. There's definitely a resonance with with Cooper. Yeah, mm. my my. But that th- could be, you know, if you sort of buy into the theory that there are sort of two parallel twin peaks. Yep. Which some people have talked about. You know, he could have been going between both of those. Yes. Yeah. Well, my my theory is that he was inside Audrey's dream, mm. and then. Getting out from Audrey's dream into this yeah. reality, this timeline or uh-huh. universe, uh, that somehow he's gone through the same um, amnesia sort of like mm. amnesia sickness that you get when you make the transfer, and he'll he'll come around eventually. Just yeah. some, plug him into the wall. Yeah, that's what you need to do. <laughs> now that we know, we'll, we'll never know unless there's a recharge him. Possibly. That's right. Well, it certainly was one for the grandkids. That's for sure. <laughs> Coop's really keen to grab the three one five key. Yeah. Yeah. Because his mission's not done yet. That's I think right. he's, still well, got, he's still got work to do. Yeah, and the the, the amazing uh, signal of that, and something that I think lots of people are trying to be trying to work out exactly what the you can, what meaning you can ascribe to it. And I haven't successfully done it yet, though. Is the mauve face of Cooper? He mm. sees Nido, mm. and then from that moment on, for the next mm. six seven minutes of screen time, the the face of Cooper is superimposed over everything. Yeah, uh, and. Um, all I can think is it's 
seeing Naito is the trigger for his knowledge that, as you say, his job's not done yet and yeah. it's time to uh, to really get stuck into the killing the two birds with one stone. Well, yeah. his, his mission was never to get rid of Bad Cooper. That was Bad Cooper's mission to get rid of him. Mm. Mm. Um, True. His, his, like, uh, Bad Cooper was a was an obstacle yeah. mm. for him to get to his objective. Yes. And all along, we've thought his objective, like, in a way, you until now, he has had no objective. His objective has only been to get, to get out back. of the Black Lodge yeah, yeah. and to get back to yeah. consciousness. Mm, mm. But it turns out That's that they're actually... And we finally got there. A lot of yeah. blood, sweat and tears. Um, to me, it kind of felt like, um, you know, sometimes you have these moments in your life where you leave, you feel like you've left your body and you can actually see a scene unfold in which you are also a participant. It sort of had that real sort of dreamlike quality yeah. for me. And it's sort of like, you know, if I sort of hark back to some earlier episodes, like We Are the Dreamer. Yep. We sort of, who so it's like this bit is almost like it's Cooper's dream. Yeah, scene. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I don't yeah. know. No, I agree. I, I, like, I agree. I don't know if it's, it feels like it's his dream or whether it's, um, but there's definitely a sense of, him standing above observing uh, exactly whether that's through memory or through um, uh, a slow realisation of what's going on um, oh you're saying the significance of the big head Coop yeah, just, yeah, yeah I, right, and yeah. I'm just wondering whether it's just that more of that metaphor like a, a physical depiction of that metaphoric or that sort of sensation that you sometimes have in life where you feel like you're observing mm. yourself in a scene yeah, yeah and something that a theory that I've been playing with and that I'll go into more when we're talking part 18 um, is that in fact part of Cooper's success uh, turn takes the Cooper and actually he becomes a lodge spirit he actually becomes a, a true lodge spirit that is at that next level of consciousness yep. and right. I feel like this is well, he has that. been there for 25 years yeah. so kind of hoping <laughs> that's that right does feel but, but not just yeah, it, not even as so he was a prisoner and then he was almost like a soldier yeah, for, yeah. The, for the White Lodge but I feel like the success and some people have only seen failure in terms of what happens for the rest of part 17 and part 18 I see a lot of success and I think uh, part of that is he's not just a soldier for the White Lodge now, they're at at, an, at a higher level. He's actually a, a true Lodge spirit. That feels like it would fit with you know uh, with Lynch's kind of uh, Tibetan Buddhist outlook. That idea of kind of ascendancy. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, I guess you know, if you think that um, you know that the success is, is couched in terms of this, and that your soldier analogy actually works quite well with this a series of, of battles in an overall war, then I think there are a series of battles in which he has success. And then the question is, can you ever win the war? Mm. Because perhaps the war is infinite. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, as yeah. we see the number eight in a few couple of scenes later, if you tip that on its side, it's a sign of infinity. Yeah. 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 And one of, one of the reasons why I don't have a the negative reaction to episode 18 that a lot of other people do is I feel like the the feeling of defeat that many people feel permeates part 18. Um, sorry about the spoilers here. <laughs> you saw it. Yeah. I know you all saw it. Yeah. Um, is the feeling that we feel as an audience because we're losing our characters and we're losing the, the feeling mm. of resolution and being in control. But in fact, uh, it's it's exactly like you say now. It's an, it's an infinite war and... Um, as a spirit who is now beyond time mm. and beyond yep. all the things that drag us down, mm. 
that's not a bad thing for mm. Cooper mm. anymore. It can be infinite. That's He's right. able to fight an infinite war. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and sorry, Dave. No, sorry. After you. No, no, go. No, no, wait. Oh, this is so boring. No, no, I, look, we'll talk about this more when you talk about part 18. Um, I've been thinking a bit about this as I've been having this conversation. Um, I do ultimately think this is a horror story. Yeah. I do ultimately think that the feeling that you're left with at the end is not one of defeat, but one of, uh, as Nav was saying, infinite, unimaginable evil that we'll always try and defeat and we will side with the good guys and we you know there are lots of little victories that we celebrate but i don't think um that i think that i, I was satisfied with this as the final season but i don't think for me that this is a victory for cooper in the in the scheme of things yeah yeah, yeah. well let's talk Where more about the, that in 18 because there's well let's face it there's precious little yeah. plot to talk about no, in, but in the a, 18 but let's well let's just uh, keep, <laughs> i would love to i would love to just talk for an hour about driving in the car yeah that's right before, That'd be we, before we do sort of leave and go into this next part which is just quite an ex- quite extraordinary sort of end to the to this part there's some terrific moments just to break up the the, the metaphors and the intensity of this what we think is going to be this climactic scene but turns out not to be where you know Bobby yet again just stumbles in late and says, what the hell's going on? Yeah. Which is pretty much, you know, confused for the entire, for much of the of season three. Um, you mentioned the Mitchums. I mean, that, you know, sort of really nice little, little bits and pieces. And I really like that Lynch has done that because I think emotionally for me, this was a very intense watch. And just to have yeah. those moments, just to breathe for a second before going back in, yep. made this bearable. Otherwise, yeah. it would have been really difficult. Yeah. And, yeah. and one of the... I guess it's Cooper that says it. He says there, there are some things that will change. Yes. If he really is looking to accomplish what I think he's trying to accomplish, which is trying to go back into time and save Laura Palmer, then there's no reason that he would ever have encountered Twin Peaks at all. If, he, right. if he does his job right, he'll never see these guys That's again. Exactly. And right. Everything, That's everything right. will be That's, different. I, my, my interpretation is he knows that. Yeah. And he knows when he says, I, I hope I'll get a chance to see some of you again. Yep. He knows that he's <clears> negating his experience with all of these people and he's just hoping that it's for the better. Yeah, I mean, look, he says the part, then says the past dictates the future, which is obviously the title of yeah. of, of this part. So, mm. yeah, I think he, there is a... He, his ability to travel and to transport himself through time and space, um, within him there's an awareness that what he may have seen in one reality he may not experience mm. yeah. again. Mm. Or also this idea of, uh, again, to go back to Buddhism, this idea of um, kind of looping time that um, he when he sees them again it's that it'll be an experience of what we've already had mm. as yeah. opposed to a continuity mm. yeah yeah mm. if he does experience them it'll be experiencing <clears throat> them for the first time as if he yeah, has yeah. experienced them for the first time <laughs> did you when, think when you see this... me again it will not be me yeah yeah did you get the impression that he knew he was going back in time I think so for a couple of reasons because of what he said so yeah. all that past yeah. dictates yeah. the future is totally yeah. consistent with that yeah right um the, the the mauve face of his is is feeling like it's when he saw Nardo he knew that he had to do something and it was going to have these severe consequences. But also just because they talk about um, Briggs knew that this was going to happen and he mm. takes that moment mm. to let Bobby mm. know your father knew about this. Mm-hmm. And, and part of the plan that he discussed with Cole and discussed with Briggs involved him using his own room key it was almost like they manufactured the portal back then 25 years ago and he didn't expect to get trapped in the lodge for 25 years yeah, but yeah, the right. plan was to use 315 in the great northern yep. to access 
Yeah. Well, three plus one plus five equals nine. It's a multiple of three. Ah, yeah. And the and even even in, even in season it's, two, the giant appears to Cooper in room three one five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Same room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So, I had the. Um, can, can I just say before we go on because we talked about Nido, and obviously you know we know now that Nido is in fact Diane. Yeah. Well, we find out in three minutes later. Anyway. That's <laughs> so, right. That's it's right. not a big spoiler. <laughs> Did anyone else feel incredibly dumb when like you were like oh, Diane? It's just it's Diane just backwards. I'm sure even if you pronounce it phonetically backwards, you could get Diane, Nido, Diane, Diane. Oh, Diane. Yeah. 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 The, oh, the other, other thing I'll point out is Linda is um, the same. It's also only shifted by one letter. Yeah. Right. But then again, we've discovered so is Candy, Mandy, and Sandy. Oh, true, true. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, so there's a few red herrings there's, in there. There's, yeah. there's a heap in there. When Diane does make her reappearance, uh, do we notice that she's now with the red hair and the black and white nose? Yes. 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 She's yeah, yeah. the physical embodiment yeah. of the lodge. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Cooper loves the Also, if, it, if this is Diane, and obviously their first experience is not just to, like, see your old workmate that you had a little bit of a fling with like once or twice like it was like this is the girl I love this is the guy I love if that was their relationship how fucking cold of of him was it back in series one to be like Diane whenever I see Audrey I have feelings (laughs) you you don't talk to that well I I thought maybe because in the way that the, the doppelganger retains memories and the um when Cooper was Dougie, he retained all those memories and feelings that yeah. maybe actually it was their relationship had developed and blossomed just without them being physically present. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, maybe I'm just making excuses here. <laughs> yeah, it did, it did seem a little are. bit weird. Um, so he enters the room with the room key 315 into the humming room at the Opera of the Great Northern. I had the subtitles on, and when uh, Philip Girard says yeah, the I poem... Did the same thing too. He says one chance out. C H A N T S. So we've talked. We've out. talked about That's... this before, and we've talked about if you didn't have the benefit of the subtitles, um, you could interpret that to be chance as into the act of chanting. Yep. Or chance, I think, Phil, as you have mentioned before, as in one opportunity. A yeah. I yeah. always thought it was. Oh, I always thought it was chances in chanting. I always Chant. assumed it was because because the calls out is the alternative. Yeah. Yes. No, I, I, I had thought the same, but. So now we're right, Phil. It turns out we're right. Oh, oh, is it? Sorry, it's subject. like when you finally see that yeah. blueprint for how a toilet paper holder works. Work. <laughs> well, like well, supposed to be on the outside. Like oh, yeah. Yes, like yes. everybody knows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we see some really, really phenomenal, incredible stuff. Well, first of all, he goes into the Dutchman's. He gets a chance to meet with yep. Philip Jeffries. Yep. We get to see the figure eight motif. The alcave symbol. The alcave, yeah, which turns into the figure eight. Yeah, right. And then we see... A thing, a, like I guess, like a little, little dot, little pebble that, or a seed, or that moves from one side to the other, mm. and then we flip, and then it work, goes back mm. to the same place that it was. So physically in the same in place, but flipped, flipped on the inverse side of yep. the eight. So obviously that's got meaning. And that's when Cooper can go in now. Yep, and now mm. he knows what's going on. But I mean, you know, also um, Coop asks Philip Jeffries about a date. Which mm-hmm. is February twenty third, nineteen eighty nine. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which I think we all know is meant to be the date that Laura was meant to have been found or been yep. murdered. Yep. Yeah. Also, uh, so yeah, a few things I interpret from that time as well. Just going back a few months, I thought it was uh, great that, or interesting that his last words to Diana, "See you at the curtain call." Mm-hmm. Um, because mm. what's a curtain call? It's the bit after the end. 
And ah, uh, right, yeah, yes, yes. Of so yeah. the end is what's about to happen with Laura Palmer, and mm. anything and what we will see in the next hour is the curtain call, is the <coughs> right. bit after that. Yeah, and you can take that quite literally, and I think I'm going into part 18, is that Coop appears from the curtains mm. in Glastonbury Grove where Diane is waiting. Yeah, for yeah, her. yeah. 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 Um, how the, amazing is the integration of the footage from Firewalk with me yes. into yeah. into this modern thing? Incredible! I'm looking at, I'm trying to find where the seams are and where the stitching is. I can't, I can't see it. I really, the only thing I could, the only way that you could tell for me was um, just the the wig on Shirley. Yeah, like every, every so often, exactly. But, but really, as a as an actress, the fact that she's aged 25 years, but you put the same wig on her and the same dress, and it was. It was haunting. And, black, yeah, and obviously yeah. black and white photography is, yeah. is helpful in yeah. that so regard. Because I couldn't remember, is the scream in Far Walk With Me? Does she scream at nothing? Yes, yes. yes. she yeah, sees right. something off. But we don't know off. what it is right, that right, she's right. saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So we could only, and I think if you had watched Far Walk With Me and didn't have any of this knowledge, yeah. you would have just assumed she saw Bob. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, it's, it's like... Back to the Future 2. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it never really dawned on me the first time seeing Firewalk, or the first 17 times I've seen Firewalk with me, how much of this is like um, the scene in the Bible just before Jesus uh, is crucified, the so-called Garden of Gethsemane, mm-hmm. where yep. uh, he... Christ has a full understanding that he is going to die and he's just really wrestling with it with one last time. He's with his disciples and he's just try- he's just really having a hard time of it. Laura has a full understanding that she's going to die. Yeah. Uh, she's going to sacrifice herself so she doesn't become an agent of Bob. Uh, and it's just really, really struggling and has a really tough tough time of it. Yeah, it's a, it's a real great reminder of just how freaking great Cheryl Lee was in Oh, yeah. oh amazing. Terrific. I, I am a little bit uncomfortable with this this idea of this kind of like Christ-like sacrifice of a murder and rape victim. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes. Um, but there is. A, but did you not get the sense of that in Firewalk with me that she was somehow a she she was a not a willing participant, but she she would rather be dead than have Bob uh, take over. Did you not get that sense of? Well, I got that sense of torment. Yeah, I, is... I got a sense of her like this was her only way out. I didn't didn't get a sense of. I'm going to do this proactively oh, okay, right, in order right. to prevent a great evil. No, that's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, I just yeah. thought she was so tormented that that was... Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was more desperation that, yeah, I can yeah, see yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. well, that's, that's fair. The big thing, so, and then Cooper's leading Laura by the hand. Until he's not. That, until and, he's and, not. And that, well, so he is leading Laura by the hand, and for much of it it's um, black and white, and then at some point it turns into colour. Yes. Yeah. So there's some beautiful... Sorry, after you... No, 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 no. Well, um, it was amazing because you actually, like, it almost felt like it was footage from, like, an unused scene from Far Walk With Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. The the way they were playing Laura Palmer's theme and it hit the, the, what I call the beautiful part of that song at the moment that history was changed. Yeah. yeah. So the, the moment that he that she walked past the almost the threshold, it turned colour. Yeah. And then we see the the body disappear from yeah. nineteen eighty nine yeah. and all of those other changes. You know, we had those wonderful flashbacks to Pete Martell. Pete, yeah. Pete's going fishing. He's finally going yeah. fishing. Well as as he obviously did ultimately he went to that great big fishing pond in the <laughs> sky. Yeah. yeah. Um, a couple of other things that I grabbed as well. Um, before I rewatched 1718. Like I said, I, I um, watched the rewatched the lodge parts mm. of, the, of the early episodes, and 
I found it really interesting that when she said back in the original series, see you in 25 years, mm-hmm. and she clicks. Um, yep. mm-hmm. And the way that her hand points uh, yep. at that click point is the way that her hand is being held. As ah. she's, oh, yeah, as she's yeah. yeah. I, mean, yeah, yeah. I, I could be drawing a very long bow yeah, there. Yeah, but that's quite nice. But, I don't think um, there are any long bows left. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, something that probably most people did pick up um, from that episode one, Agent Cooper listened to the sounds. The sound on the gramophone then is yep. the sound that everything else disappears and you can only hear that sound. Yep. And that's yep. the moment that she disappears. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, I was just gonna, just looking back through my notes, the point where it did turn from black and white to colour is when Coop says to Laura, we're going home. We're going home. Yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, a bit really of a Wizard of Oz. Yeah, uh, so many Wizard of Oz references. Actually, sorry, I'm going to go back again. Another thing that I found from, the, from those early episodes, that the total Wizard of Oz... In episode, in part two, all of the Black Lodge bits that we're about to see repeated, mm. the, is it future or is it past, mm-hmm. after Laura whispers in his ear and kisses him, mm. so obviously she takes off her face, yep. revealing herself as what we now see as the anti-Judy. Yep. So an yep. agent of light. An agent of light, exactly. Um, and a creation of the White Lodge. Mm. Yep. Um, she screams and she disappears, sort of being pulled upwards yes. in the same way that Diane was pulled so, upwards. Well, so in the way that Diane was yep, yep. Uh, was manufactured um, in the lodge and then put in the next sort of reality downwards, yes. yep. um, Laura was manufactured at a level above mm. the Red Room yeah, right, right. and pulled yeah, yeah. upwards out of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, straight after she is pulled upwards... Uh, the curtains part yep. as a Wizard of Oz, who's behind the curtain, yeah, right. and what's behind the curtain is the white horse, yep. yes. which yep. is the signifier of Sarah Palmer. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah. So Judy is the wizard behind the curtain. Interesting. Um, yeah. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's going to be a lot to think about now. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm just glad that she didn't bend over and we hear, my father killed me. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. the most irritating about <laughs> that episode in the original season. I know. I know. Um, I was I'm not sure. Odessa. <laughs> <laughs> it's my day off. Yeah. I do um, you know after that sort of beautiful? I mean, the moment that with Laura and Cooper is truly beautiful, particularly when he says, "You know, we're going home," and you see the past changing. Yep. Um, mm. By going revisiting those scenes from the pilot, we then come to something that is truly, truly horrific and frightening mm. in the Palmer House. It's mm. not. We don't, we're not there for long. Yeah, but the moaning and the wailing, and this scene of and this is the last time we see Sarah. Um, it was just stabbing at the homecoming picture of yeah. Laura. It was just seriously. I watched it at night again. Couldn't sleep all yeah. night. And not just yeah. that. not damaging the photo no, either, right? Just the glass. Just the, the glass, glass gets smashed, but the yeah. photo stays perfectly fine. Which you know you can read it that whatever you want, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, this is definitely Judy being thwarted um, and perhaps... Didn't think necessarily thwarted entirely, but in that moment. Like, yeah, she, been, she lost that, that, that battle. Yes, yeah, yeah, she yeah. lost that battle. I had to... It's almost like in this in the in the universe of Twin Peaks... Um, uh, she's one lost, of the Twin Peaks yeah, universes. Yeah, she's lost that... Like I said, she's lost that battle and the only way for her to move forward is to uh, kidnap the spirit of Laura and uh, adjourn the battle to almost a different... Basically displace her. Yep. Um, yeah. 
and yeah, it's a it's mm. it's a loss. Mm. Um, mm. And I feel with the end of seventeen, just like I feel with uh, with eighteen, we feel bereft, and we feel like you say, Dave, it's a horror movie. We feel mm. so um, uncomfortable and sad. Yeah, uh, but it represents. Uh, the best victory that you can sort of get against something that's so all powerful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I also didn't necessarily feel that. I mean, and I might be completely on the outer here, but that Judy kidnapped Laura at that moment. I didn't feel okay. like she was necessarily the reason why Laura disappeared. I think you had that moment of outrage, and you know, obviously, in stabbing, stabbing the photo. Um, but I wasn't convinced that what happens in the subsequent episode is directly a result of Judy doing something off screen. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, I don't have a theory to replace it with, yeah. but that wasn't the feeling I got while I was watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, mm. I'll, yeah. And I'll, we may revisit that when we do our part yeah. yeah. Very good. One thing I wondered um, is maybe uh, similar to that, because I, I initially thought that it was it. I thought it was Judy's sort of plucked her away. Yeah, it's almost yeah. like the video games where you get to the end of a stage and the boss appears, like, plucks yeah. the Donkey Kong's The princess um, of the castle. Yeah. But re-watching it, I wondered if you're right, like, if it's not that. And, in fact, again, even though we perceive it as sad that he's taking her home and we had thought that they would get to the, the portal and go up together and that would be the essence of the victory... Um, that maybe just getting her that close is actually what does, and she screams, which makes us feel uncomfortable. But again, that's that's her being taken from the reality to the lodge, um, yeah. where we see her. So, so that that is the win. Mm. He gets her over the threshold. That yeah. is her going home. Yep, it's um, an odd metaphor. But it, it as, well, it's not even a metaphor. It's an odd pop culture reference. But the the closest thing I could think of that it kind of reminded me of was. Uh, that final moment in the in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and I don't remember if this was in the books or just in the TV version. Um, I don't, I'm not familiar enough with the radio version, where they, the four of them, uh, towards the end get projected out in time, but they end up in different places. Mm, so similarly yeah. oh. to with what will happen in the following episode with Cooper and Diane, mm. I kind of felt like they lost their lifeline to each other as they were traveling yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. but they weren't necessarily it wasn't necessarily that someone had um, removed her right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. very good on that cheery note we should probably wrap things up thanks oh, again for... before we do oh no, okay not such a cheery note um Julie Cruz yes. of course yes this is the reason why we haven't seen Julie Cruz. We need to talk about Julie. I know. <laughs> up, to this, uh, up to this point uh, is because he's been saving the best to last. He's been saving that for people that have been looking for some sort of closure or, or the happy ending or the finale. Mm-hmm. Why not just leave Julie Cruz to take care of business? Yeah. Because nothing says a happy ending like Julie Cruz. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's only on really for the briefest of moments. And I've sort of read during the week that she's a bit grumpy with David Lynch for effectively being relegated to such a small part Oh, jeez. Oh, no, okay. I, I think in this case, quality is probably Trump's quantity. But um, the song, and it's a song written by David Lynch, is called The World Spins. And yep. We can put the lyrics up on the show notes. But, you know, sort of for how these comets come and go on, the things I touch are made of stone. Falling through this night alone, love, don't go away. Come back this way. Come back and stay. Um and blah, 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 blah. Um, but, you know, this sort of journey about falling through this night alone also makes me wonder whether 
part of all of this is that you travel your journey on your own. There are. Yeah. You know, you pick up mm. people along the way, but ultimately Cooper's quest will be on his own. Laura's quest is on her own. Yep. Mm. Yeah. This, I feel like I've heard this song before. This is from Firewalk With Me or it's from the oh. – is it from the original series? The song's called The World Spins. It felt new to me but um, – Oh, no, it always felt very familiar to me. It felt familiar to me but I wondered if it was just the style of – Yeah, maybe. That's what I mean, David Lynch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll look it up. We'll, we'll put it up on the oh, put it up in the in the show notes. The show notes for all of this. I should have said this in the middle of the in the middle of the podcast. The show notes for all of the things that we've been referencing in this podcast. In fact, in all the podcasts, you can find on our website at daveandlynch.com. So for this one, we got daveandlynch.com forward slash part seventeen. All right. On that cheery note, we should probably wrap things up. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 You've been listening to Damn Fine Commentary with Dave and Lynch. For the complete list of show notes and all the links, visit our website, daveandlynch.com. And if you like the show, there's two things you can do to really help us out. First, tell all your friends. And second, take a few seconds to rate us on iTunes. It makes a huge difference and helps other people find us. Look, did we miss anything? Do you have a comment, a question or a suggestion? Drop us a line at daveandlynch at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on your social media of choice. We're at twitter.com slash daveandlynch, facebook.com slash daveandlynch, instagram.com slash daveandlynch. <laughs> yep, you get the picture. We're everywhere. Thanks for listening.